I remember uh, the day that our Nina was born at Edinburgh Royal Infirmary. Uh, Claire was in full labour scenario in uh, our birthing pool and w wishing she'd never got into that darned birthing pool. I was feeling sorry for myself because I'd just developed a, a sty in my eye and it was really irritating me. And uh, But obviously it was nothing compared to what, what Claire was going through. Uh, but anyway, we got home actually later that day um, in the case of having a, a newborn and all that that goes with it we had a friend came to visit us and I remember uh, it was actually Sue Lockheed and I remember she said do you want a cup of tea and just her asking me if I wanted a cup of tea I was just nearly just nearly broke down in tears because it was just like an act of kindness that really really got to me so uh, just imagine offering a cup of tea at just the right moment this is such a wonderfully kind thing anyway Galatians 5 but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace forbearance kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the Spirit let us keep in step with the Spirit let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So today we're looking at kindness, which is one of the flavours um, of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, um, or characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And so having looked into this a little bit, um, realised that the fruit of the, of the Spirit isn't like a bunch of different types of fruit, but rather it's one fruit with different flavors or different characteristics. So it's just a singular, just one fruit. Um, can a single fruit have different flavors? Well, actually, having looked at this, um, there is a, a fruit called Monstera disillusia, otherwise known as a Swiss cheese plant. I'm just going to call it a Swiss cheese plant. And apparently it tastes like a combination of pineapple and banana. Um, the thing is, it takes about a year to ripen. Um, which actually is just about as long as one of these Tesco's ready-to-eat avocados. Um, but there you go, fascinating. Anyway, I digress, as Keith would often say. Who is the kindest, per kindest person that you know? Whose face comes to mind when you think about somebody that's kind? For me, I would say John and Margaret Mitchell. Um, they both exude kindness uh, and many other wonderful qualities. I'm sure you agree. I'd best not embarrass them. I can actually think of quite a few folks in church that are really kind. Um, I thought I'd try and be a proper theologian and look at the word kindness more deeply. There's a book that every good Christian should have and it's, a, it's called Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. It's an in index of every word in the King James Version of the Bible. Um, to be perfectly honest, I've never owned a copy. I'm always put off by the word exhaustive because being inherently lazy, uh, I don't like that word exhaustive because it sounds very tiring. But I bet, I bet Keith has a copy. Um, but actually, it is very interesting. There's an online version that you can always look at. Um, it has all the Hebrew and Greek words used, and we can see where all these words are used, and we get a, a better sense of their meaning and all the various different bits of the Bible. Um, you can just Google it, you know. Um, 
That's not the room change. I had to change rooms because the where I was in the kitchen, the window cleaners decided to clean the windows and then it got a bit distracting. Anyway, back. So kindness, it means being benign and useful. It often occurs with philanthropy. It is the grace which pervades the whole nature, melling all which would be harsh or austere. And the dictionary says the quality of being friendly, generous and considerate. At this point, I, I'd imagine, and I would often do it as well, you start thinking about, well, all these like fruits of the spirit, things like kindness, goodness, oh, I better, I better try and be good, I better try and be kind, I better try and be better and be like these things. But um, this is a supernatural thing. This is a supernatural kindness. Um, it's God's kindness that, that leads us to repentance. We love him because he loved us first. It's not part of our own nature here. This is a supernatural thing. When each of us make a decision to become a Christ follower and let him have access to our whole lives, we begin to take on the nature of Jesus. It's a supernatural work of God. It's not us. Uh, we just need to be willing recipients. Um, easy for some and harder for others. Remember the, the Swiss cheese plant? It takes a year to ripen. The Tesco avocado slightly less. Um, it will probably take our whole Christian life to be changed. It's, it's Christ in us through the Holy Spirit that brings about this change. Um, he's committed to, to, his, to our um, being changed. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. I hope that rings a big bell somewhere. But we shouldn't also, we shouldn't compare ourselves to others. We're all at different stages in our Christian walk, um, different rates of change. And of course, as we get a little older, we become a little bit more resistant to change, don't we? I know I do, just ask Claire. Um, but let's, let's focus on Jesus. By definition, he must have been the kindest, kindest person ever to walk this earth. And that's reassuring that the Almighty God is kind to us, to you and to me. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're kind. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. When we meet the real Jesus, when we encounter him, we want to change. We want to repent of our old ways, our waywardness. He, he already knows all our stuff, all our sin. He's kind towards us. He doesn't mock us or despair over us. Um, he accepts us as we are, warts and all. He wipes our slate clean, literally. He cancels our sins. He holds us no longer accountable for our wrongs. That's unbelievable kindness. But actually, it is believable. Believe it is completely true. Think of Jesus' uh, response to folks in need, to folks in sin, to folks in trouble, to folks in despair, even folks that are dead. He healed the lepers. He, he dined with the chief tax collector. He was kind to the woman caught in adultery. 
He forgave those who hurt him, those that crucified him. He was kind to these folks. It's amazing. So true kindness is a whole is Holy Spirit produced. It's a supernaturally generous orientation of our hearts towards other people, even when they don't deserve it and don't love us in return. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The kindness of God saved us from the hopeless task of us trying to make our old selves acceptable. He basically killed the old you and gave you a new life. And God, God's not interested in fixing our character flaws and shortcomings. And that sounds really strange, doesn't it? I'll bet that raised a few hackles as soon as I said that. Um, but everything we once were in our old pre-Christian life has been crucified with Christ. He removed the power of sin and all our shortcomings. And we can all identify with not measuring up. We think God sometimes think that God can't use us in certain areas because of some sin or character flaw in our lives. We think that God needs to fix these things first before he can use us. And the more we get fixated on our inadequacies, the more the sense of unworthiness that we can have. I, we all suffer from that. I, I know I do. And this cycles around and around, sometimes for years, even decades. But think on this is any thought that disempowers you is not it's not from God it really isn't and it's um, we don't need to be thinking like that at all it also means that we're totally missing the main goal that God has for us which is to build a relationship with you above everything else above everything else it's really all about our relationship with God if we think that, that God is going to help us overcome our flaws, we're going to be disappointed. And God sees, actually does see us in a completely different way than we tend to, to see ourselves. If only we could see ourselves the way that God does. It says in the Bible, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The way that we think about ourselves is, is really, really important. When, when God sees us, he sees Jesus in us. And we change as we encounter God on a daily basis. Jesus didn't instruct his, his lives to get themselves sorted before they could follow him. He simply said, follow me. The Apostle Paul, when he encountered the living Jesus on the Damascus Road, he didn't need to attend a discipleship class to get sorted. He was transformed by the encounter, the relationship his life was completely changed I and mean, it was really totally completely changed there's no time limit on our transformation it's it's different for everybody we're all at different stages it may well take a lifetime like i said earlier in my case it probably will but it's all part of god's amazing kindness to us we've got brand new lives in christ we're, we're citizens in heaven that we can access now here on earth and that's part of God's kindness our role is to be recipients of his great kindness learning to live in newness of life 
expanding our capacity for his presence in our lives. Now, I kind of obviously picked it out from somewhere, but it is true. He's, he's, that's what he does. He works in our lives and he expands our capacity for him, his presence, his Holy Spirit in us. And, and he demonstrates his character and his nature to us through things that happen, through life's, life's adventure. And God never changes. He's going to be the same um, all the time. He's going to be himself all the time. And there's nothing that you can do to make God love you anymore. And there's nothing that you can do to make God love you any less. He's, he's, he is God. He's the same all the time. Not sure about you folks, but I've always been an inquisitive kind of person. Um, when I was a, a small child, apparently, this is what my mother told me, um, I took the telephone to bits and uh, couldn't quite get it back together again. But I was just obviously curious as to how it worked and what was inside it. So that's what I did, much to the horror of my mother. But I've always been interested in um, asking questions and things. And the way my mind works, sometimes I, you know, I'll think about, well, what about our pets? Do they go to heaven? Um, what about angels? What do they do? And can we see them? Um, how does how does God uh, resurrect somebody who's been eaten by sharks? Um, and what what's to stop us from still being bad when we get to heaven eventually? Um, these are the sort of things that I kind of think about, and I'm sure some of you do too. It's not just me. Um, and I don't have all the answers to these kind of things either, unfortunately. Well, I've got an opinion, but not certainly not an answer. Um, when I'm out and about in my travels, as you can see, I'm in the car. Um, I travel long, long distances sometimes, and I like to listen to podcasts and talking books as well. Um, and some of my favourite um, apps are things like Bible teaching apps, and I've got one that I really like is uh, called Bible Thinker. This is going to be backwards, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, and he discusses subjects like, are the Gospels reliable? Um, why Jesus healed with spit, which is a fascinating idea. Uh, how could God kill Jesus? Um, why Jesus walked on water? Things like that. And he'll spend like an hour or two hours even sometimes um, talking about these subjects um, from the Bible. And it's totally fascinating. And it keeps me awake while I'm driving along all these hundreds of miles. It's fascinating stuff. But I also like... Um, um, like through the Bible in a year with Nicky Gumbel, Nicky and Pippa. I think that's fantastic. Um, you can just basically listen to that year after year after year because he seems to change the commentary every every day, every time. Um, but I find it fascinating. So that's just the way, that's just how I spend my life. I, I listen to lots and lots of podcasts um, and I just find it really, really interesting. What do you do? How do you spend your time? Do you listen to things like that? Um, YouTube videos? You could listen to all sorts of things these days, but you know, it's good to find good, wholesome stuff. Anyway, bless you. God loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God likes you? He really does. And the, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit comes not through our striving to be good, but through our relationship with Jesus. We can choose to be kind and gracious and loving whenever we want, but that's not what marks a Christian. People of other faiths, even atheists, can be kind and gracious. 
and that, that doesn't make them Christians. It's, it's something that God does in our hearts. What marks a true believer in Jesus is how Christ-like they have become through the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Our relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in our lives. There's a, um, you probably, some of you are probably too young to, to know this guy's name, a chap called David Watson. He was a, like an Anglican priest um, back in the 80s. He was an evangelist and an author of various discipleship books. He did lots of preaching tours and such like, a bit like J. John, I'm sure most of you have heard of J. John, but he's got an even more posh accent than J. John, um, or even Nicky Gumbel. Uh, but he's no longer with us, he, he died of cancer. But he wrote a book about his struggle with cancer, it's called Fear No Evil. And he gave an account of when he was um, suffering one night and he was calling out to God, and God spoke to him. And uh, I don't know, I can't remember the exact words, but I've always remembered the story. Um, but God said to him basically that all his preaching tours and the work that he did for the church and all that kind of stuff was nothing in compared to his love relationship. I mean that was the most important thing was his love relationship with Jesus and that's it's the most important thing for us too. I mean Jesus should be our magnificent obsession as somebody once said. Um, it really all boils down to that. He loves it when we, we spend time with him, just simply sharing our day with him. It's not about long lists of prayer points. It's not about um, being good, although being good is kind of part of the fruit of being a Christian, says me, the great saint. And, but through that relationship, we get, we get a sense of what's important to God. And we, we kind of get a feel for these things. Um, it's just like a real, any sort of earthly relationship or relationship with our loved ones. We kind of, because we know each other, we know what makes them tick and what pleases them, you know. That's, it's, that's part of the relationship with God as well. I hope that some of these, these uh, words make sense, some of these little phrases and things I've obviously picked up, because um, they're not all in my own words, are they? Um, but I hope they make sense and that they've awakened a, like a longing in your heart to, to have a closer and more kind of tangible and intimate relationship with Jesus. I know that in preparing for this wee talk, it's made me wonder about my motivations and where my heart is as well. Um, perhaps you've never felt a closeness to Jesus. Um, perhaps he feels distant from you. Um, I just love us to consider allowing more of Jesus into our lives. And how, how do we do that? I mean, how do we do that in reality? Well, I would simply say just to invite him in. Just pray a simple prayer like this. Jesus, I give you all my affections as far as I am able to. Please come and take the central place of my heart. Please let me feel your presence and let me hear your voice. If you keep praying that, every day something will happen something will change you'll you'll feel the tangible presence of god from time to time and it's a fantastic feeling he's he is wonderful he's awesome but he's real it's it's a real relationship it's not an pie in the sky airy fairy thing it's a real tangible experience
and it, yes it is different from person to person um, but it's an individual personal relationship with Jesus that we have so God bless and have a, a wonderful day ahead and uh, hopefully see you all soon back in church um, in whatever format that's going to be it'll be interesting anyway God bless <laughs>